Teenage years have always been associated with a rebellion against parental authority. The son wants the good things that his father provides without having to follow the rules of his father's house. But in seeking to be free from his father's rules, he rejects the father completely. In fact, when he asks for his inheritance, he is saying to his dad, I wish you were dead, I want your stuff. Then he goes off to a faraway land. Now he can do whatever he wants. He has a lot of money and no responsibilities. But the fun doesn't last forever. And you see, it can't last forever. The father is the source of all that is good. And so apart from him, we cannot experience lasting happiness. The son squanders his inheritance on a life of dissipation. And only after he begins to suffer, in fact, after he hits rock bottom, does he come to his senses and return home. And he rehearses his, his apology on the way. And to his great surprise, and certainly to the surprise of all those who are hearing Jesus tell this parable, the father welcomes him back open arms, and a grand celebration. This story is one of the most cherished stories in all of Christianity. Many people can identify with the younger son, especially in these days when so many people uh, live uh, away from God and away from the church. They live in a faraway land. But I think those who can identify most closely with the younger son are those who have suffered greatly as a result of their sins, those who have hit rock bottom. Once I was helping a friend of mine retrieve his car, and the battery had died, so we were waiting for AAA. And the guy working for AAA came, and he was very good, but we began to talk, and we talked about religion. And... He gave me a great witness. He said to me, I didn't used to believe in God, but I was a drug addict. And about a year ago, I got into a recovery program. And you know, you have to acknowledge a higher power. And so now I go to church every week. I have a girlfriend who loves me and a great job. And the man was just radiating a sense of peace and of deep happiness. Now, the younger son isn't the only one son who's estranged from the father, so is the older son. He stays at home, yes. He follows all the rules, but he resents how the father welcomes back his brother. It's very revealing what he says. He says, look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. And some of us can identify with the older sibling. I know I certainly have in my life. You know, you do everything right. You're the good Catholic. You go to Mass every Sunday. But the thing is, you can do the right things for the wrong reasons. What the Father says to him in response is my favorite line from the whole parable. He says, my son, you are here with me always. 
Everything I have is yours. So important for us to realize that. What it means to be living the life of a faithful Catholic in communion with God and his church. Yes, we know following Jesus involves the cross. But in fact, with Jesus, we have everything. And in fact, that union with God is itself the reward. It's not the things the Father gives, but it's being with the Father. We shouldn't envy our brother, the so-called fun he had, because in reality he was lost and he was dead. Now Jesus tells this story for the sake of the Pharisees. He wants them to recognize themselves in the older son and to repent and to begin to see things from the perspective of the merciful father. So what should this parable be called? We usually call it the parable of the prodigal son. You could call it the parable of the lost son or the parable of the two sons. But I think it should be called the parable of the merciful father because he is the protagonist of the story. And this parable reveals so much about the character of God. So remember, Jesus was unusual in the fact that he referred to Yahweh, the God of Israel, regularly as Father. That was not something people did. But the question is raised, when you think of God as Father, what kind of Father is he? One of my seminary professors described his difficulty relating to God because of the difficult relationship he had with his father, his earthly father, who was an alcoholic. And he described it this way. He said, he said, my father's love was always conditional and the conditions were always irrational. How do I please my dad to earn his love? But our father in heaven, his love is unconditional. It pains him greatly when his children go off to a faraway land. When we lose ourselves and become spiritually dead. He is always longing for and looking for us to come to our senses, to realize we are his sons and daughters, and to live in peace with him. He waits with eager anticipation the return of his lost children. Now in this story, the father throws a great banquet for the son after he returns. And in three weeks, the church will celebrate her greatest feast, which is the feast of Easter. And it's been a long-standing practice of the church for the faithful to go to confession in the season of Lent as a way of preparing for the great feast of Easter. So I'm speaking especially to those of you for whom it's been a long time since you've come the sacrament of reconciliation. Maybe you've been like the younger son, wasting the gifts of love that God has given on you. Or maybe like the older son, you've done the right things, but have grown resentful, prideful, and unforgiving. Don't wait until you hit rock bottom to come back to the Father. Now is the acceptable time. I want to especially encourage you to take some time to prepare 
for your confession, uh, you can go online and you can, you can find an examination of conscience. It's a very good thing to read through those questions. There's different versions of them, sometimes based on the Ten Commandments, sometimes based on the seven deadly sins, and you just pray and you go through them and you ask the Holy Spirit to help you see, in fact, your life, right? And in particular, those, those places where you weren't corresponding to the grace of God, to see them and to name them. And in naming them and speaking them in confession, it takes away their power over your life. A week from tomorrow, we will have our parish penance service. And we're going to have 16 priests here. So I, I encourage you um, to come to the penance service and celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation as we, as we will pray together a little bit and then individual confession. But let me also challenge you to pray about inviting someone to come. Right? I know that's a tough invitation. Hey, hey, you want to go to confession? <laughs> pray about it. God is waiting for us. He's waiting for people you love who are far from him now. He's waiting to forgive their sins, to embrace them, and to rejoice in them, his children who have come home.